1: Coming up on the first episode of the all-new Headphones Neil Reviews, I share some OnePlus content, I review lots of Star Wars stuff, and I review random streaming content. Let's jump right into it. It's
0: Headphones Neal!
1: What's up guys and welcome back to another episode of Headphones Neil Reviews. I'm your host as always Headphones Neil, bringing you the first episode in an all new format for the show. So if you're a non-patron listener to the show, the new format of the show is going to be a bit of a surprise as far as an update and release schedule for the show. So... For the public page, public subscribers to the show, it's going to be a all new one mic variety style show where I cover the week's news for Android, Star Wars, and streaming content that I am watching, listening to, up to date on, things like that. So it's going to be in that particular order. So I'll start it off with the top Android news for the week. Then review some of and provide some updates on Star Wars content, what I'm up to as far as other Star Wars content, and then round it out with various shows and other streaming content that I am watching. So to start it off this week, it's going to be an all OnePlus um, news update week. So. The first bit is that I finally got the Android 12 update on my carrier branded OnePlus 9 Pro. So I've been playing around with that, enjoying some of the various updates and features and things like that as far as what Android 12 brings and some of the stuff that OnePlus brings with this update. So um, I'll have a link in the show notes for the video stream or the video update to that. But if you. Um, are a subscriber you also get it separately in its own feed and you can also check it out on the YouTube channel as far as um, the visual representation and review that I provided for what the upgrade brings. Um, among my favorite features is the continued um enhanced version of the screen recorder. So the Pixel 6 Pro, for example, maxes out a screen recording at, I believe, 720p, but the OnePlus 9 Pro uh, records at up to 2K, 60 frames per second, 32-bit audio. So definitely a welcome improvement there. Um, Up to an Android 11, it was recording up to 4K, 60 frames per second. So I don't know if it's a hardware change or limitation or something along those lines but in any case the oneplus 9 pro screen recorder is definitely a lot better than what most other screen recorders provide and that def- that helps as far as doing screen rev- screen sharing and recording is kind of excessive in doing that high of a screen recording but if you are sharing gameplay videos on your mobile device then 2k 60 frames per second is definitely welcome uh, the launcher is also very much improved. It mimics a lot of the features you see in third-party launchers like Nova Launcher with the uh, screen transitions, uh, widgets, and all of that. There's an updated widget picker as well, which is nifty. You do get the unified rounded um, widgets um, on your home screen, which is a, a very nice thing. So. Definitely recommend that. The wallpaper picker also has an update a new feature called immersive wallpapers, which will generate abstract wallpaper, um, wallpaper Wallpapers based on pictures that you take so um, I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, there's no automated um, Um, icon theming but you can still pick your own third-party icon pack there are um built-in icon changers if you want just a general unified layout so there's that uh, which is kind of the downside which um pixel the pixel 6 pro has a slight improvement or or jump on the oneplus devices but i don't know with um future updates if it'll come built in as well Um, The other feature that I like that's now part of the carrier branded OnePlus 9 Pro is the X-Pan mode which uses your 48 megapixel sensor along with the 50 megapixel megapixel ultra wide sensor to create a super wide image kind of like um, taking a panoramic picture but keeping your phone steady so I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, you can take the picture in 30 millimeter and 45 millimeter modes, which is basically your normal zoom, and then a, an ultra wide, ultra wide mode, which kind of um, pans out even further so you can get an even wider shot using those same two sensors. So, definitely worth checking out. Um, the final bit there is you can also take those by default in black and white. To kind of mimic what kind of pictures photographers use for film shots and things like that but essentially it comes down to if you want an ultra wide shot from your uh, uh, OnePlus 9 Pro then definitely check out the X-Pan mode to create that ultra wide shot or panoramic shot but by keeping your phone steady. Um, and then the other bit of news as part of this recording, or as of this recording, is the OnePlus 10 Pro global variant is now released. Um, it brings the second generation and second year of partnership with the um with Hasselblad as far as a camera goes, so an improved camera sensors there. You'd get an improved Snapdragon processor in the form of the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 mobile. Um, you get 65 watt wire charging and 50 watt wireless charging. The continued use of the 120 Hertz fluid AMOLED screen. You now get an AI adaptive brightness, so that's supposed to improve the brightness sensor as you're around, going around outside or inside and all of that. Um, Dual color calibration for accurate brightness settings, so improved brightness. There, Um, Super Res video, which is supposed to enhance the video and videos and images by about four times. Uh, You can get continued. As far as the rest of the specs, you get pretty much on par with what you saw in the OnePlus Nine Pro. You get in the 10 series as well. So things like eight gigs of RAM with 128 gigs of storage, all the way up to 12 gigs of RAM with it looks like 512 gigs of storage, but it doesn't look like that model's available yet, but at the very least, you'll get you know up to 12 gigs and 256 gigs of storage. So uh, not too much there. The bands are about on par. Sensors are similar. Uh, reading some of the articles online, there's some variations in the number of bands, uh, max um, camera pixels, and things like that. The selfie camera is been, has been doubled from 16 megapixels to 32 megapixels. So minimal changes there so if you're on the 9 pro it's not going to be too much of an improvement from there to the 10 pro but if you are on a prior iteration of the oneplus device or on another device itself then the 10 pro will be a welcome upgrade if you're thinking of transitioning from a carrier branded phone to the uh, global variant then i would definitely recommend that just so you stay on the Um, latest and greatest updates and you're not behind on some of those features Um, so that's transitioning into a personal thing is I am planning on trading in my 9 pro Pro for the 10 pro um, just because I'm kind of disappointed in the delays in getting updates on the carrier branded phone the x-pan mode wasn't introduced until the android 12 update so that was kind of a bummer there so As soon as I can trade in my 9 Pro for the 10 Pro, then I am planning on doing that. Um, Pricing looks about on par as a 9 Pro, a little bit lower than what I remember, so um, if you do want some of the latest and greatest features but at a slightly lower price point than when the 9 Pro came out, then definitely recommend getting that. Um, As far as software goes, the OnePlus 10 Pro does come with Android 12 out of the box and Oxygen OS 12.1. So that's all there is for that, so let's jump into this week's Star Wars news and reviews. So to start out with the important bit of Star Wars news, if you're a fan of Obi-Wan Kenobi or the films or all that and you've been uh, paying attention to when... The Kenobi TV series is going to release. It got pushed back a couple of days to May 27th. Um, I didn't see as far as why they're doing that. But as kind of a concession, they will be releasing the first two episodes at the same time. And after that, releasing each new episode on Friday after that. So... A kind of a weird bummer to move it from wednesday to friday the speculation or the bit of conspiracy theories that that's the day shows go to die but then also there's the flip side that fridays are kind of a prime time event so we'll see how the show goes before we make any sort of judgment i of course am anticipating that so um to me i was kind of indifferent like okay wednesday or friday is fine as long as there's no real other shows that conflict with the Friday release schedule. But in any case, I can't wait to watch it and see how they fill in some of that um, backstory between episode three, Revenge of the Sith, and episode four, A New Hope. Um, In other more personal news, I decided to start replaying Knights of the Old Republic. Um, I am playing it on Android, so I have a more mobile-friendly way to play it, and I can play more on the go rather than having to be tethered to the computer. Um, Main reasoning for that is that I was reading online, or basically an article I come across about the best class for uh, Revan in the game, and I was reading about how the scout and guardian um, combination makes for the best character um, to play through. And I don't think I've ever played through that version of the game. So, or played with that combination of characters. So, I'm going to, that, that's the reason why I started replaying it. So, as of this recording, I've finished the um, the the Endor Spire, Terrace, and Dantooine. And I've uh, started on... Uh, Tatooine so I can get the get Basila's mom storyline out of the way and um, get to work on Mission's brother. Um, Other than that there's no real other main reason to start on Tatooine. Um, I figure from my memory of it is that it's probably one of the easier planets to get through just because it's there's kind of very little going on. Um, You have the Sand People and the gaffy sticks and all of that and then the cave on the the cave with the star map to defeat and defeating the crate dragon and all of that but in general it's one of the lighter planets especially after Dantooine and Terrace to get through so i figured i'd start there uh current plan after that is probably um kashik and then manan although flipping those around would Um, is better for the dark side as far as the Geno Hard End quest but because I'm going light side um, I figure Kashyyyk would be fine next and then um, Manon after that Um, Manon only because the Cell Cat and I think the Sith base is probably one of the harder levels Um, and then when you come back from or when you're finishing up the um, underwater base you have to deal with darth Bandon. so having the little bit of extra force powers and um force abilities and all of that with not only the main character but also the rest of the crew would make it that much easier to get through that fight because i do remember it being a generally difficult fight so um that's the plan there um and then i figure after that hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite Um, I think all that's left is um, Korriban, and then um, the Leviathan, um, Saul Karath ship, and then of course the unknown planet on the Starforge, so that's all basically at the end. Just Korriban, just because that is one of the harder planets, I think, and because you're on the Sith homeworld, you want to have all your Force powers And as far as continuity goes. um, It could really probably be done pretty early, even after Kashyyyk. Um, but because you do have to go into the um, Valley of the Dark Lords and all the different um, tombs of the Sith Lords, that you would want to have even more power, force powers than with the fight with Darth Bandon. Um, so, with that being said, as far as this week's Star Wars review goes, I wanted to—I've been thinking for the past few months how to do a more comprehensive watch of the Star Wars live action films to make it more of an epic saga. So this is kind of along the lines of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I recently had a chance to rewatch the extended editions and I liked how comprehensive the stories were, how encompassing they generally felt. And even though you're going back and forth through some, like a little bit through time, um, a lot through the different races and events and story arcs and all of that, it still feels like a comprehensive story. So, how can I watch the Star Wars films to make them feel along the line or kind of feel along the lines of that same feeling with Lord of the Rings? So, to start it off, as far as the general watch order goes, I started with The Force Awakens, and then I watched. Um, Rogue One, um, followed with A New Hope, or the first part of um, A New Hope, and stopping after Han receives his reward money on Yavin 4. And this is when, after they got on the Death Star, before they're gonna start, before the Rebels are gonna start their assault on the Death Star. Um, notably, when he tells Chewie he knows what he's doing. Follow that up with Solo, then the rest of A uh, New Hope. Then an Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, um, the last Jedi, then the first part of Rise of Skywalker, notably up until the point where we get to the scene where the Falcon is taken off, taking off on in the search for the Wayfinder. Um, this is after just after they found, they've heard the Emperor's message that he's back and the Rise of the Final Order has begun. Then we'll watch The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, and then round out round that all out with the second or the rest of The Rise of Skywalker. So this all feel for me worked the best to have a more comprehensive Skywalker saga just because you start with the Force Awakens, you meet Luke Skywalker, and then you get his backstory. In the middle of that you get um you we deal with the backstory of Han Solo that he's in it for the money but ultimately changes his mind because that's his backstory in solo that he's the good guy and get all of that stuff so kind of if you watch it in episode order it's kind of retconning but if you watch it like this you get more backstory as to why he changes his mind and comes back to help the rebels and help luke defend um get the um pilot the darth vader and the stormtroopers off his back to help them, so when we when Luke tells him that there's more to him than the money, that kind of, the watching Solo in the middle of that fills in all of that information. Um, and then the when we continue watching it, we round out Luke's story as far as the emotion behind getting the lightsaber from Ray and the whole story about why he doesn't why he thinks the Jedi should end or if they need to at least kind of be rebooted because of the end of. The, because of the whole deal with the Emperor, the Empire, being created from the Republic, the Rise of Darth Vader, and all of that. So it's kind of along the lines of a computer. It's like you can upgrade o- only so many times to clean stuff up, but ultimately you have to do a full reset. Reset, flash everything, format everything, and start from scratch. Um, and then when you stop in the Rise of Skywalker to when they ask you know how could the emperor return how he doesn't know how could no one have known anything and leia tells everyone that he's always worked from the or the sith have always worked from the shadows and from behind the scenes that the prequel trilogy works to create um the lore and his power and puts more meaning behind the emperor's lines in revenge of the sith as far as unlimited power and the jedi being relentless so By setting that up, it gives us that backstory to fill in his character arc, the rise of Darth Vader, why um, everyone puts so much faith in him and the Skywalkers and all of that. So for me, this watch order is probably the cleanest. We do have to go a little bit of back and forth with A New Hope and the rise of Skywalker, but it feels pretty minimal because there's specific points to stop each film to make sure, you, to make it easy to go back and watch the other trilogies. Um, the other little bit of um, update that I would have wanted in the film is in Rogue One that the middle part of the film should have been get, the rebellion getting the plans from the Death Star and um, sending the fleet to Scarif to have more um, internal. Uh, building as far as the Emperor- Empire goes. We did have a little bit of the back and forth, but it did sp- still spend too much time with the Rebellion, where we had the whole original trilogy to deal with the Rebellion. So it just felt like Rogue One was a missed opportunity. But then on the flip side, Solo, I felt, had a more... I just had a better understanding and appreciation for the solo this way around, or this time around, but I kind of feel like this was also a missed opportunity for not having Jabba the Hutt um, actually in the film, because if you're Han Solo, you're known for very few things, and getting the bounty on his head from Jabba was one of those important things, so it feels like the Marauders should have been working for Jabba, and then they double-cross Han after the... Kessel runs to try and get the coaxium for the rebellion. So initially, he or initially Han is able to get the coaxium, but because when he tries to go back for it, the marauders go after him or something like that. And um, that's when he has to dump it, gets in Jabba's bad graces, and is ultimately on the run, or at least set that up to the point where at least we have Jabba that he accepts the job and we have the start of his career. Um, It just felt kind of weird to have, um, or it just felt like a weird left turn to have Darth Maul in the film with no explanation, no reasoning. Um, If you're just watching the films based on the film lore, um, Darth Maul is dead. So it just felt like a weird thing to have in the film, or uh, even if they did have him in the film, leave that there. But at least have Jabba um, approving the mission, or have Dryden Vos working for him, or like they had with um what's his name who was training Han? at least have them go get the job from um jabba have the marauders working as spies for Dryden Vos and overtaking him to get the coaxium or some other thing like that it just felt like they did they took the easy route with solo where they whereas they could have had more of a comprehensive storyline so that's all there is for that so with that I'm going to jump into the next segment or the next and final segment for the episode in the form of some miscellaneous reviews for shows that I've been streaming. So to round out this week's episode I wanted to share some of the shows that I've been watching. So not too many this week aside from a rewatch of Psych which I'll get to once I finish those again, but Um, To start it off, I did start a Paramount Plus membership, and in that, I initially started the membership just to watch Halo. Um, So as of this recording, I did get through episodes 1 and 2, and overall, my initial impressions based on my memory of the first video game that came out on the PC um, many years ago, I want to say like, it looks like 2001. It looks like it's a good representation of what we kind of saw there, as far as a look and feel. But this is its own unique story. Um, so my look, my the feeling I get from it is feels like it's along the lines of Rogue One, except for except um, except for if you're looking at from or Rogue One was along the lines of um, the side of the rebellion and Jyn Erso and all those guys. This is the flip side, which looks at deserting stormtroopers kind of feel. So overall I'm liking the look and feel. I would have kind of preferred that Master Chief didn't remove his helmet for a couple of episodes, but in general it just works. Um and it also kind of feels like they're taking some of their cues maybe from Mandalorian, which is why it kinda of got made so We'll see how the episodes and the season go but overall it seems like it's worth watching. I'm trying to avoid comparing it to any of the Halo video games and looking up how any of the other video games went or any of those stories or anything like that. But so far I like the presentation, the visuals, the interactions between the characters um it has the i guess and even like the security council has a little bit of the look and feel of from the expanse so in general so far it seems pretty good um so we'll see how it goes um i also because of the paramount plus membership decided to or saw that i could catch up on picard so i did already watch season one so i'm catching up on season two and i have gone up to all the all five episodes and i am enjoying that um we have a reboot or kind of like a progression on the Q storyline and that and how he's messing with Picard and now going back in time to um, mess with Picard kind of along the lines of how the Borg went back in time but now with a more power an actually powerful character I guess so we'll see how the season wraps itself up. And then I also had a chance to watch the season premiere for Moon Knight. That's the one that I actually have the least amount of knowledge for. Um, It's on Disney+, Plus. I have a membership, and so I figured I would give it a watch. So I actually do need to go back and read more about the character to see what his backstory and information is all about. But overall, the first episode was good. I liked um, Oscar Isaac's performance in it. The British accent threw me off a little bit, but um, I... Overall, I think it's a good show, so we'll see how it goes and if it progresses into a good story later on. So that's all there is for this particular episode and reviews update. So hopefully for next week, I'll have a little bit more for Halo. I'll do a little bit more research for Moon Knight to present uh, or to talk about that a little bit more, especially to see how that goes. And um so that's all there is for this particular episode if you have any questions comment feedback or anything like that you can comment on this post on twitter at patel one the website is headphonesneil.reviews for past episodes subscription links supporting the shows and all of that good stuff and of course you can follow along with my knights of the old republic um gameplay um, or game playthrough at youtube or on youtube at youtube.com slash patel n01 where you can also get some of my prior playthroughs of that game and various other um, games that i have played as well and of course by supporting the show on patreon at patreon.com slash patel n01 you get an ad free episode of the show along with bonus and upcoming content after the episode as well So that's all there is for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.